government, religion, family issues, and more. Find it all right here on 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Wednesday, May 3rd. A man died while incarcerated at Miller County Jail Friday. The Sheriff's Office says 52-year-old Daniel James Alda Brumley was found dead by a jail employee in the morning hours of April 28th. Alt had been charged with possession of child pornography and failure to register as a sex offender. An autopsy is being conducted by the Boone County Medical Examiner and the Highway Patrol has taken over the investigation. Fire destroyed a lake home on the 49-mile marker Sunday evening. The fire started when a resident was burning leaves and the fire spread to a lake home. The home was destroyed and a neighboring home was damaged in the blaze. There were no injuries reported and no one was in the house at the time of the fire. Due to poor fire conditions, Lake Area Fire Districts are asking everyone to avoid outdoor burning until the later part of this week. And Spring Harbor Hop is here. This Saturday, starting at 9 in the morning, you can hop from the waterfront restaurants and marinas to build a poker hand and become eligible to win prizes. Players can start their hop and draw their first card at any of the 40-plus sponsoring restaurants and marinas along the lake's main channel, the Big Niagara and Gravois Arm. More information about the hop and rules can be found at funlake.com. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Key Radio keeps you in the know. The Lake Area Chorale Spring Concert Season begins soon. April 16th at Lake Ozark Christian Church. April 23rd at Kent Memorial Church in Sunrise Beach. April 30th at Our Savior's Lutheran in Camdenton. May 7th at First Baptist Church in Eldon, and May 13th at New Life Assembly of God in Barnett, all at 2 p.m. This message brought to you by Key Radio, KEYK 89.3 FM. Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. The Super Bowl champion Chiefs getting ready for their first mini camp of the year. It's the mandatory rookie mini camp as they will work in those seven new draft picks that they got in the NFL draft last week. They got five defensive players and two offensive players, hoping they come through in a big way. Patrick Mahomes says he is still rehabbing that high ankle sprain that he suffered in the playoffs last Last year says he's working to get his mobility back. Major League Baseball, it's been a struggle so far this season for the Cardinals and the Royals. They're back at home. The Cardinals game two of a three-game series against the Angels today. The Royals game two of a three-game series at home against the Orioles today. High school baseball, local teams taken today off. As for college baseball, the Mizzou Tigers have a weekend series at home against Ole Miss. MSU will be 
on the road against uh, Murray State. Softball, the Mizzou Lady Tigers, they will be busy at home against Arkansas three-game series this weekend. The MSU ladies have a series against Murray State coming up this weekend. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, including a cup of coffee with Will and Chris every day. They talk about everything that's going on at the lake. You can see it at 802, 102, and 802 every day on Lake TV. I'm Chris Schneider with your key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by our media partners at Lake TV. Winter, spring, summer, or fall, Lake TV's got it all, including five local talk shows to keep you informed and entertained. You can also see local high school football in the fall and basketball in the winter. Watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90 or absolutely free on Roku or Amazon Fire and always streaming live at MyLakeTV.com. And if you haven't liked Lake TV on Facebook, be sure you do that too. There is a saying that there is no free lunch, meaning there is a cost to everything, even when it appears to be free. Your free account on social media costs you invisible connections to companies trying to sell you stuff. So it is, even with Key Radio, because there are costs to bring you local programming, and we need your help to pay the bills. If you love our purpose, please donate. If you need to use advertising dollars, Key Radio can give you a promotional benefit of sponsorship underwriting. Key Radio features programs in every area of life, politics, business, family, entertainment, education, faith, and media. In Christian circles, we refer to this as the Seven Mountains. We don't relegate any of these subjects to once a week, and we seek content rooted in truth more than opinion. If you have a message to get across, contact Bill M. at OrionCenter.org to talk about how Key Radio can help. Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received.
business, government, history, religion, entertainment, and much more on 89.3 The Key. Well, I don't know about you, but I think it is another beautiful day at the Lake of the Ozarks. I think most folks would agree. We are fortunate enough to have this beautiful day. And I hope that you get some uh, time to get out and enjoy this beautiful day. It is uh, so, so awesome out there this morning. And uh, we are going to be privy to another outstanding, wonderful, exciting day. Currently 48 degrees in Osage Beach as we are broadcasting live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. Here on this uh, marvelous day, we'll see a high of around 72. I don't know if we're going to make it. Last couple of days, we were supposed to be in the mid to upper 60s. Now, yesterday, I don't necessarily know that we made it. The day before, I don't think we achieved the high temperature either. But uh, that's okay. At least we'll give it a try. A few passing clouds tonight, a low of 43, back up to 76 with some clouds tomorrow. Thunder showers, a good possibility now for those at around 75% and a high of 75. Some morning clouds on Saturday, then sunshine by the afternoon. Some uh, afternoon showers and thunderstorms, a possibility on Sunday right now at about a 40% chance. We'll hit a high of 87 Some uh, morning thunderstorms and 87 on Monday. Next Tuesday, again, some morning thunderstorms possible, high of 85. So I guess we'll start to really feel kind of the uh, heat, but also the humidity that comes along with it. Ah, that wonderful humidity. You just got to love it. 84 degrees and partly cloudy next Wednesday. So we're definitely getting into that stretch where we'll see the uh, mid to upper 80s next week, or well, into the weekend and next week. And then looks like we'll be back in the uh, upper 70s toward the middle of the month of May. 49 degrees now. Current lake level at 656.73, river level at 552.16, and the surface water temp at 58 degrees. Just having a wonderful day. So I had the opportunity, uh, what was it, uh, or I will have the opportunity, I should say, later on today to get out and see my uh, good friend, Miss Camille. Going to do some work over at her house for Stafford Home Services, working for my lovely girl, Delta. Good morning, Delta. She is so sweet. Takes such good care of me. I'm a lucky man. You know, it took a while, but I finally found the, uh, (laughs) found the girl is willing to put up with me for <laughs> oh, all intents and purposes. I don't think she still knows what she's in for. I guess we'll find out. 810 is our time. We've got Professor Jim Paisley coming up next hour. We'll talk sedan. The, uh, of course, Tudor and the sedan. That's not what we're talking about. Sudan, S capital S U D A N. Of course, some things going on over in that country that you need to be aware of, and we'll tell you how it relates to what's going on in the world and right here in the United States. Right now, let's usher in our good friend, Mr. Les Larson, from the Camden County Republican Club. They've got a meeting coming up on the 16th of the month, and we thought we'd invite Les in to talk about it. Good morning, sir. How in the world are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? It's nice to hear your smiley voice. Well, I'm holding down my end of the bargain, just like uh, we get to do from time to time. Uh, we missed you uh, last yeah, I heard week. A, uh, I heard a, uh, a rumor about you uh, just recently that uh, you were uh, moving on and taking Tucker Carlson's place. Is that a real rumor, or is that really happening? No, that's 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 really happening. That's right. I'm, I'm Tucker Carlson's replacement. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, I thought. <laughs> yeah. I figured they're probably reaching out to you. So. <laughs> well, it would be nice. Uh, I'm making that up, by the way. I'm yeah. making that up. So. <laughs> well, I, I, I certainly think it would be nice. The money would be nice. I could get a few things taken care of yeah. and, and yeah. get on my way. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we haven't had any, uh, any offers uh, come down as of yet. I'm still keeping all of my options open. <laughs> But uh, I, we missed you last month, and uh, certainly uh, you were probably taking a little time off to go enjoy life. Uh, were, did you get away and, and get some time to uh, have a little fun, uh, do a little vacationing, or was it a, a work-related uh, absence, or, or what were you doing? No, I got a, we had an opportunity to uh, travel, and uh, we got away. It was, uh, it was good. We we were able to relax and do all that. We got to do some uh, type of mission work at the same time. So got to do a little of both and it was really, really good. And, uh, but we're back and got a lot number of things going on here that uh, appreciate the opportunity to share with you this morning, uh, for all your listeners about the Republican club and the things that are going on. As I look into this next fall and into 24, it's going to get busier, you know, because we will be into the, election season and candidates and et cetera, et cetera. So we're uh, trying to uh, end up on a real positive note with our club here for our April or May meeting. And uh, that's scheduled for May 16th, uh, Tuesday night, uh, 7 o'clock at the Camden Community Christian Church on North Business Route 5. That's where we have our, have our meetings. They have a good setup uh, where we can use their speaker systems and all those type of things. So that works really, really, really well. So uh, encourage everybody to uh, come in that. We've got some uh, interesting uh, things we got. We don't to do that night. We've got some business issues. Uh, we've got some voting that we need to take care of uh, from the club's perspective. And then also I've invited Ike Skelton to come and sort of give us a update on what's been happening since he became the presiding commissioner at the I'll tell you what, I will tell you what, there is a lot that has happened in Camden County. Now, I will tell you also that the transition from one presiding commissioner to another, I guess, you know, you, you have to play catch up a little bit. But in doing so, uh, the current commission is uh, is doing a darn good job of getting things figured out, getting things straightened out, getting Camden County on uh, a, a road to, uh, you know, uh, progress. And so I think there's a lot of great things going on right now. I think people in Camden County feel confident about uh, uh, county government. And I think overall, uh, we're going to see some more amazing things. Uh, Ike has, uh, has, has got uh, plenty of time left to really get in there and roll up his sleeves like uh, he said he would when he was campaigning and to certainly run into uh, opportunities to uh, take a look at things, change them around, and, and transparency, I guess, is probably one of the best things that we can talk about when it comes to the current commission and how things are going on the county government level. So uh, there's a lot I'm sure he will be able to uh, talk about. And I know we've got him lined up to come on the uh, the program this Friday morning in the 8 o'clock hour. But uh, great speaker, and he's doing some pretty amazing things and, and, and getting some more notoriety not only uh, throughout the county, throughout the state, but uh, certainly throughout the country with his decision to say no to the ATF. Yeah, exactly. You know, he, uh, uh, it's like anything, you know, he, uh, 
we worked really hard uh, in the area of getting him into that position, also with Rochelle uh, taking over the prosecuting attorney job. And uh, the interesting thing is, you know, once they get the position, now they're in, in the leadership role, and they always find out things that they really didn't know about uh, going in. And so it's, yeah, they got to look forward and, and implement the things they talk about, but they also have to deal with uh, some of the past decision-making issues and then uh, get those straightened out so that, that we can move forward. But uh, there's a lot of positive things going on, and I congratulate Ike uh, from his uh, campaign last year and then also uh, what he's doing uh, currently with the with the commission. So, uh, you know, I told him, and he said he was going to come, and he said, well, I can sort of give my 100-day uh, update. I said, well, we're past 100 days. I, <laughs> you've got a lot going on. So uh, he, he will uh, he'll take questions, and as you know, he's uh, very good at uh, answering those things. Or if he doesn't have the answer, he will get back to you and, and give you that answer. Absolutely. 100% true, sir. And so you're going to have a great meeting, and uh, you've got a lot lined up as we start to get into the the season, if you will. I, I, it's almost hard to say when the season begins anymore because there's really no let-up <laughs> after the fall. I mean, you know, typically, what was it, years and years ago, uh, Memorial Day to Labor Day. That was the season here at the Lake of the Ozarks, but we found new and creative ways to expand upon that and to uh, take what they would consider the shoulder season and really – and, and, and really sh- shorten or shrink the shoulders. I mean, my goodness, we've got so much coming up at the Lake of the Ozarks. And certainly with a lot of things uh, getting ready to uh, come to a close with the legislative session wrapping up, I guess it's next uh, Friday, May the 12th, they'll put that uh, to bed. Uh, but uh, any particular issues that uh, the Republican Club is uh, is looking at uh, as far as things that are happening in Jeff City, some things that you're following closely or, or maybe that uh, you could speak to at this point? Well, you know, there's been a number of things that have to do with the schools and, and those type of things. Uh, I think there's been some positive things happening. It, it becomes a frustrating process when the in Jeff City, you know, they've got this time when they start in January and end in May, and it seems like when you get down to the last two weeks here, uh, they try and cram everything through. They talk about it and talk about it and talk about it. Well, now you've got to make some decisions and take some action. Uh, the budget uh, is a huge, huge thing. I don't quite understand why the Missouri is so taken up with uh, getting a lot of federal dollars and raising the budget to where they are. That, that's a concern. Um, the other one that to me is, uh, uh, and, and it's, it's confusing because there's a lot of parts to it, but this issue of changing the constitution and the, and the way you can do that through the amendment uh, process, uh, either through petitions or through the legislature and I guess on the surface, I'm a big supporter of them doing that with the uh, legislature and that they take care of that as their responsibility. They do offer the fact that you can do it by petition. Um, okay, so if that is the way you want to go and have both, but then they're sort of setting up different thresholds as to what it takes uh, for the citizens of the state to approve it. So it's not the same as if the legislature brings it forth and the citizens vote on it. Uh, It has to be a majority of the citizens. 
then you do it on the petition. Well, we got to have a different uh, threshold for that. And then there's the issue of how do you get people like in Camden County to have a voice as much as the number of voters that are in like Kansas City and St. Louis. So uh, it gets pretty uh, gets pretty confusing uh, in trying to dissect it all. Do you think that, you know, Amendment 3 was uh, a a real eye-opener when it comes to amendments to the Missouri State Constitution? And I say that because I think there were a lot of people, again, that did not understand the full magnitude of this amendment. Sure, it uh, legalized recreational marijuana throughout the state of Missouri. It expunged people's uh, records. But then, of course, there were other things that were in this uh, particular piece of legislation that uh, did indeed as a result of uh, what the voters said back in November of last year, uh, that we we still don't understand. We still haven't seen really come to the surface as of yet. And so a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, this is great. We can legalize recreational marijuana with our vote. And, you know, we're going out there and we're, 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 we're going through the process that everybody always encourages us to do, and that's vote during the election. But, uh, you know, at, at some point, you get some of these things on there, but at the same time, then uh, if it's something that uh, isn't really working well, Missourians kind of say, well, maybe that wasn't such a good idea after all. Getting them off of the Missouri State Constitution is uh, a little bit uh, a little bit more along the lines of difficult. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and a lot of things that have to do with you reference Amendment 3, it was 39 pages long. Right. And uh, so to make that uh, bring that down into a common sense approach to explain it to people is very, very difficult. And not only that, uh, I don't think that the uh, state did a very good job of letting people know really what was in it. Another thing that you had that I picked up from voters was they were like, well, it's going to happen anyway, so I might as well just vote for it. Mm. You know, I mean, I can't do anything about it. And uh, yes, you can do something about it. And so uh, you're right on the fact that now it's in place, uh, what can be done? And that's tough. Once something gets instituted and any government type of thing, that's, once it starts, stopping it is, is brutal. Right. It's, it's brutal uh, because it's on that path. And so I totally agree with you there. I don't think we've seen all the outcome and the flow of Amendment 3 yet. Uh, I can see that becoming a real political issue next year. And so in the fall of 24 could very well uh, be one of the issues that'll be, be brought forth. We'll see. I'm, I have no inside information on that. That's just, I just look at it as to uh, maybe they'll wake up and say, we need to do something about it. Well, I guess uh, again, we will uh, certainly see what it is that, uh, that gets taken care of. Uh, this budget that you had alluded to earlier, as far as the state is concerned, we've got a little extra wiggle room in there. So, uh, they feel like rather than, you know, maybe banking some of this money and saving it for a rainy day, that this money is, uh, more or less something that needs to be applied. And I wonder if that isn't something that we need to be discussing with our legislators, just because you've got the money doesn't necessarily mean you have to spend it because we don't really understand and have a good 
good grasp or a good concept of uh, what this economy is going to end up doing to us. And uh, in a lot of instances, uh, a lot of people have thrown around the word recession. And there is uh, obviously some things that will be hard hit if that recession does take hold like people expect it to here shortly. But uh, I guess, uh, you know, the lawmakers' uh, point of view is, you know, there's things out there that need to be funded. We've got the money. Let's uh, let's use it. Let's uh, not necessarily worry about the future. Let's uh, live in, in the present day and, and take care of what it is uh, that we can possibly take care of. And I don't necessarily always think that that's a, a good idea. No, I agree. And, and the, the one thing that concerns me about when you take the government money, it's it's one thing to take it for a specific role or a specific project, uh, like a grant or whatever. But if you take some money from the government that is an ongoing process, mm-hmm. it gets back to my point about the fact of how do you stop it? Because once it starts, uh, it's it really is hard to put an end to it. Right. And the reality, as you know, KB, is that uh, the money they're getting from Washington is our money. Uh, it's not like this is something that they hooked up and uh, somebody's coming in and dropping it upon us. It's it's our money uh, that we're getting, so we're sending it to Washington and then getting it back. And uh, that that process concerns me. Uh, as well. Um, another little side issue I talked uh, bet I've talked, I've shared this with uh, a few of the people in Jeff city, the fact that I just read and did some things about the number of people that are leaving some of the states, um, quote unquote, blue states, uh, and are moving. So if you take just, uh, like Illinois, for example, I think in 2021, they had over a hundred thousand people net that left the state well, where'd they go yeah. well they went to texas and they went to florida and whatever and we're right next door why aren't they coming to missouri and uh, uh yeah some of them do i mean you can't say none but if you what is the enticement to come to missouri mm-hmm. versus going to texas well texas and those other places have better tax issues and less tax so consequently, that's the draw. If you're going to make a big change for your family, uh, that's going to that's going to have a big impact on your decision. Right. So I would like to see the legislature do something about that because uh, we could use that. And then you bring all of the their income and their investments and their uh, you got their working habits and all those type of things and bring them here. And that would be the uh, enticement to get them to go across the state line and join us instead of. Florida, Florida, Texas. There's a lot of different places that people are yeah. looking at. Uh, they're really bailing out of California uh, at quite an impressive exactly. uh, rate these days. And I guess that uh, you have to really look at what it is that's driving people out of those states. But at the same time, if they're coming to, let's say, for example, Missouri, hey, come on in mm-hmm. and have some fun and join us here in the pool. But uh, you can leave all your your ideas and your baggage and all your nonsense, all your nonsense there. And in uh, California, we don't we don't want to uh, take on any of that or require any of that as far as things go. But certainly, you look at this and you think, you know, what is it that we need to incentivize? Uh, I would say more than anything else, businesses to come to the state of Missouri. And you can't always exactly. give 
these folks tax breaks, uh, you know, subsidies of some kind. Bring your business to Missouri and we'll we'll give you a tax break. Or bring your uh, business to Missouri and we'll give you uh, something that makes you feel all warm and fuzzy. We had the, uh, uh, I guess it was the big uh, uh, deal some years ago with Amazon looking around uh, to relocate. And Missouri had been one of the locations. We didn't get uh, Amazon as we had originally anticipated. But uh, you know, what was the reason? And then you can go a step further and say, what about, uh, you know, one of the other big things was uh, TV shows and movies and things like that. How do we get them to come to the state of Missouri? Obviously, the most, uh, I guess, popular show that we know of here at the Lake of the Ozarks is Ozark. They came, they shot some B-roll here, but the uh, TV show uh, was uh, majority of it was shot in Georgia, and Georgia reaped the benefits. And I, again, I don't know if we want to be handing out all of these incentives. People say, well, you know, maybe it's time to go back to doing that. Well, you know, we've made it this far, and uh, we haven't uh, had to worry about it. Uh, maybe there's some other things we can do to uh, entice these companies to come and make their TV shows and movies here in the state of Missouri. But uh, at this point, I really don't know what those are, Les. Yeah, well, you know, this the the carrot and the carrot approach. Uh, I don't think is a way to go. I think the legislature's got to look and just say, you know, what what is how do we do our state income tax? How do we do purpose property taxes and those type of things and make those decisions? And what their tendency is to do is to tweak it a little. Well, we'll lower it a little, you know. Well, that doesn't get a business to look to the state, um, and if you look at what they would bring to the state as your point with businesses, it would, it would outweigh those things. And that would be it instead of having, uh, you know, some little tiff or thing or a incentive, a carrot or whatever doing it at that time. So right. I, I would like to see them make some more permanent type changes. Um, it's, it's interesting, you know, uh, I'll go back and talk about the gas tax briefly, you know, it was like, Oh, we have the best, the lowest gas tax in this in one of the in the whole united states uh so therefore we should raise it because well other states are have it higher so we should get in game with them are you i i don't i don't believe in that rationalization um, you, i think you should leave it and deal with the state you get back to that uh that old uh, old adage, uh, I guess uh, you know. If 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 your uh, your mom used to say to you, now if your friend jumped off a bridge, would you do that as well? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so on May the sixteenth, we're yeah. looking at uh, a great evening. Uh, you'll take care of all of your business there at the Community Christian Church. Doors open at six thirty. The meeting starts at seven, and your guest speaker is Ike Skelton, presiding commissioner of Camden County. Les Larson, as always, sir, I appreciate yeah. your time, and I thank you so much for being a willing participant, and uh, maybe, just maybe, we'll get a chance to talk to you in the month of June. Yeah, for sure. I greatly appreciate the opportunity and sharing that information. I, our, our club is moving in the right direction. We've done a lot of things in the last year, and uh, we want to keep that going. That's our focus, to keep looking ahead. We could do more, sure. But uh, we're on the path, and we want to we want to keep that going. I would just call one other attention. We do have a new phone number for our club uh, that we just instituted, so people can call that um, and and get in touch with people. And it's a five seven three number, so it's seven two three zero three eight eight seven two three zero three eight eight. 
I just wrote it down, so I've, I've got it handy in case anyone missed it or if they need it, the Camden County yep. Republican Club's new number, 573-723-0388. Les Larson, thank you, sir. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, what you and all the members of the Camden County Republican Club are doing to uh, keep us on top of the issues, sir. Have a wonderful day. We are looking at 831. We are also looking at our bottom of the hour break. On the other side of that break, we'll take some time to talk with you this morning. I've got a couple of things to kick around. Maybe you've got something on your mind. Why not call us up on the Key Radio Community Hotline at 573-633-5395. A shout out to our media partner, Stacy Johnson, LakeExpo.com with local news, Chris Schneider and Lake TV with a check of sports. And you are listening to The Daily Show on Key Radio. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Wednesday, May 3rd. A man died while incarcerated at Miller County Jail Friday. The Sheriff's Office says 52-year-old Daniel James Alda Brumley was found dead by a jail employee in the morning hours of April 28th. Alt had been charged with possession of child pornography and failure to register as a sex offender. An autopsy is being conducted by the Boone County Medical Examiner and the Highway Patrol has taken over the investigation. Fire destroyed a lake home on the 49-mile marker Sunday evening. The fire started when a resident was burning leaves and the fire spread to a lake home. The home was destroyed and a neighboring home was damaged in the blaze. There were no injuries reported and no one was in the house at the time of the fire. Due to poor fire conditions, Lake Area Fire Districts are asking everyone to avoid outdoor burning until the later part of this week. And Spring Harbor Hop is here. This Saturday, starting at 9 in the morning, you can hop from the waterfront restaurants and marinas to build a poker hand and become eligible to win prizes. Players can start their hop and draw their first card at any of the 40-plus sponsoring restaurants and marinas along the lake's main channel, the Big Niagara and Gravois Arm. More information about the hop and rules can be found at funlake.com. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Key Radio needs business content, and we make broadcast time affordable. Instead of merely advertising, create an hour or half hour weekly radio show to inform potential customers about your products and services. Then post the podcast to your social media page to make it work for you. We are non-commercial, so no direct selling is allowed. But use your time to educate and inform. For a small extra cost, you can be an underwriter and have your messaging play all week long. Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. The Super Bowl champion Chiefs getting ready for their first mini camp of the year. It's the mandatory rookie mini camp as they will work in those seven new draft picks that they got in the NFL draft last week. They got five defensive players and two offensive players, hoping they come through in a big way. Patrick Mahomes says he is still rehabbing that high ankle sprain that he suffered in the playoffs.
playoffs last year, so he's working to get his mobility back. Major League Baseball, it's been a struggle so far this season for the Cardinals and the Royals. They're back at home. The Cardinals game two of a three-game series against the Angels today. The Royals game two of a three-game series at home against the Orioles today. High school baseball, local teams taken today off. As for college baseball, the Mizzou Tigers have a weekend series at home against Ole Miss. MSU will be on the road against uh, Murray State. Softball, the Mizzou Lady Tigers. They will be busy at home against Arkansas three-game series this weekend. The MSU ladies have a series against Murray State coming up this weekend. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, including a cup of coffee with Will and Chris every day. They talk about everything that's going on at the lake. You can see it at 802, 102, and 802 every day on Lake TV. I'm Chris Schneider with your key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. The goal of Key Radio is to offer the community an opportunity to share information and to express their ideas and opinions. Key Radio presents a platform for all types of information. We encourage interested content providers to create podcasts that explain the finer points of business, family issues, arts and entertainment, religion, government, and more. Key Radio is also looking for unique and one-of-a-kind podcasts as well. Key Radio is based on positive and productive podcasts that encourage and inspire our listeners to become engaged in their community. For more information on becoming a content provider, call 573-280-0532 or go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio. You're listening to 89.3, The Key. I'm Bill Munhausen for Orion Center Expo. God could have created the entire cosmos supernaturally, but that's not every creationist's idea. Dr. Barry Setterfield suggests that God could have used the processes he invented to arrange created matter into the cosmos we see today. Both Big Bang and the Bible describe space as being stretched out from a single point, but the Big Bang depends on weak forces like gravity to form stars and galaxies. Setterfield proposes the power of plasma as a strong force to build the universe rapidly. Donald E. Scott's 2006 book, The Electric Sky, examines the possibility that the universe was formed via plasmas filaments instead of gravity. These new ideas about cosmology have sprung from a nearly universal dissatisfaction with the Big Bang. Evolutionists support Big Bang ideas because they are consistent with the billions of years needed for evolution, but there are other possibilities. You can learn more about plasma at setterfield.org. These 60-second messages are based on the book XPO by Bill Munhausen. Available in Amazon Books. Key Radio keeps you in the know as we make improvements to better serve you. Because many of you listen online, we've re-engineered our website. You get there on the web at keyradio.live or through our iPhone and Android apps, Key Radio, K-E-Y-K. From the app, click the WWW Globe symbol to see our full site. There you can listen to live radio or call KB during the daily show or see our schedule. And don't forget that beautiful donate button. Then there are menus. Click news weather to get your daily dose of what's happening. You can also drill down in the key radio link to learn all about your favorite shows, make a donation or sponsor a show. You can also read Bill's blog and follow the social media links and notice how we highlight our sponsors on each page. It's all at your fingertips, whether you have a laptop, tablet, or smartphone. 
It's all part of how Key Radio KEYK staff wants to serve you. Key Radio keeps you in the know. There's lots going on in the arts at Lake of the Ozarks. Visit artsatthelake.com and check out the event calendar. Woodworking, fiber arts, painting, photography, and more. Also, special events like the annual Student Art Quest. It's all presented to you by the Lake Arts Council. This message brought to you by Key Radio, KEYK, 89.3 FM. This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3, The Key. key. It is 839. Thank you so much for joining us on this uh, beautiful Wednesday morning on the program tomorrow. We'll talk it over with Mindy Sales and our number one, our community events director for Key Radio, in particular the Daily Show. Danny Ellison joins us from Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, I don't know if you heard this or not, but uh, apparently there was a tornado that uh, ended up going through Virginia Beach. I don't know if it was close to Danny or not. Uh, I guess if he doesn't call, we'll know that uh, maybe he's uh, had some issues. But we hope to uh, possibly get him out this way here sometime soon. On Friday, we've got uh, Ike Skelton, the presiding commissioner of Camden County. Also, Dave Maupin. And his blog, Among the Dogwoods, will take care of uh, what's going on with Camden County government. We'll get some insight as to what is happening with uh, the presiding commissioner. We'll also find out what Dave's been working on. And you can subscribe to his blog. Simply Google uh, Among the uh, Dogwoods blog. It'll take you over there. You can sign up for it. And every time he puts together a new blog on uh, something happening here in the area, Or maybe he'll uh, reference one of his uh, stories uh, during his days with the LAPD. You can uh, get all of that information courtesy of Dave Maupin and uh, the gadfly, as he likes to be called. We'll uh, take some time to put together a a new and exciting blog each and every week. Actually, he'll do, uh, sometimes he does uh, two, sometimes three depending on uh, what's going on in his life. Right now, we are looking for a high today of 72 degrees, 72 the expected high, plenty of sunshine. We're at 52 now, then we'll drop down to 43 with a clear to partly cloudy sky for tonight. Clouds in 76 tomorrow. Friday, thunder showers in the forecast, an 80% chance for that rain. And a high of 75, some morning clouds and sunshine on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Possibly some uh, afternoon showers and thunderstorms and a high of 88. So we're going to push very close this weekend to 90 degrees. And for some of you, I know it will be a much-needed relief. So many folks have been talking about the warmer weather. Boy, I'd love for it to be warm. I would love for us to enjoy some spring before it gets kicked to the curb. Because we do uh, look as though we'll be in that realm of uh, mid to upper 80s, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. We'll hit a high of Thursday on next week. Uh, and then uh, partly cloudy, uh, looks like some 70s. Don't forget, hot summer nights is coming up as well. Speaking of things that are going on in and around the community, hot summer nights starts up in the month of May, runs through September. It is the second Friday of the month, May through September. And, of course, uh, you can come out and enjoy that with your family on the beautiful and historic Bagnell Dam Strip. And do that uh, from 5 until 10. Again, the second Friday of the month, May through September. 
And it does definitely look as though uh, things are shaping up nicely again this year. I get the Bagnell Dam Strip Association's uh, report newsletter, if you will. Miss Loretta is, uh, I think she is the one that writes that up for them. Uh, they recently had a bunch of folks come down and do a cleanup on the strip. I thought that was uh, very impressive, folks getting out and getting ready for the season. And, and essentially, with everything that's going to be going on, you've got, uh, of course, the Magic Dragon Car Show this weekend, Hot Summer Nights next weekend, and plenty of other events that will be taking place on the Strip. A great place to bring the family, food, drink, all kinds of good stuff. Come up and see me. I'll be out there in front of Summer USA, as I am and have been for, uh, gosh, I don't even know how many years I've been doing it now. I just kind of lost track. It's fun to see everyone. It's fun to see all of the cars that are brought down to the area locally and from outside the area. And I'll just throw this out there as well. If you know of somebody who is in a car club that's got an event going on, make sure you bring me a flyer up there to Summer USA on that second Friday of the month between 5 and 10. And we'll make sure we mention the event. I always appreciate people that show up to our event. So I think it only makes sense that we uh, take the opportunity to uh, mention their events as well. Speaking of uh, Friday, May the 12th, you can raise a fork for the Lake Area Children. The Kiwanis Club of Camdenton will feature their spaghetti dinner fundraiser. Adults $10, children 12 and under are $5. Enjoy spaghetti, salad, garlic bread, dessert, and a beverage served by Kiwanis members from 4 until 7 on Friday, May the 12th at RJ's Family Restaurant. Great place to go and grab a meal anytime, but they are certainly big on helping out the community. So, again, mark that on your calendar Friday, May the 12th from 4 until 7 for the Kiwanis Club of Camdenton's Spaghetti Dinner. Lake of the Ozarks Water Safety Council announced a significantly expanded 2023 Boating and Water Safety Seminar. This free event will be held May the 13th from 8 until 1, 8 a.m. until 1 p.m. This year's seminar will be held in the facilities at the Camdenton High School located at 662 Laker Pride Road, Camdenton, Missouri. Of course, this... uh, Fun family event includes keynote speakers, informative breakout sessions, special activities for kids, gear and food vendors, also an exciting boat display or displays, and uh, the event is free for everyone to attend, absolutely free to attend. They're going to have... the U.S. Boat Foundation Director of Education, Alan Dennison, as a uh, keynote speaker. Breakout information sessions will cover life jacket types and sizing, boating safety and navigation rules, kayak and paddleboard safety, and boating injury prevention. Vendor booths will be open throughout the seminar. This is uh, something that I don't think a lot of people uh, really think about when you get out on the water. You're not looking to have any any trouble or run into any problems, uh, but sometimes uh, getting thrown around a boat, well, it doesn't maybe seem uh, at the time, depending on your condition, <laughs> that uh, you might sustain an injury. Uh, but certainly uh, sometimes with uh, rogue wakes, uh, various other things that go on on the water, uh, you have to be prepared. And certainly the life jacket issue, I feel anyway, is very important because when you are out there on the water, and you are uh, tooling around, again, you never, never, never expect to run into a situation where your life jacket is is necessary. Everybody just wants to go out and have a good time, right? But having the right size uh, life jackets for all folks on board is so important. 
and making sure your life jacket fits properly is as important as well. So if you'd like to uh, get out there, again, 8 until 1 on Saturday, May the 13th at the Camden 10 High School, they will be having the uh, big event to uh, to give you some give you some things to think about anyway. How about that? And again, the event is free and open to the public. Last week, the Missouri legislature moved two bills forward that it passed, uh, or if passed, would almost guarantee progressive ballot measures never become law, even if they win a majority vote. The GOP's vision for the future is a dark one in which liberal voters are gerrymandered into political irrelevance federally while being effectively denied the ability to propose ballot initiatives or even amend their state constitutions. One proposed revision would increase the requirement for passing a constitutional amendment from the current simple majority to 57%. Another from the Missouri House would jack the required support all the way up to 60%. That's in a state in which only about 40% identify as Republicans and where most progressive ballot measures historically win about 50 to 55% of the popular vote. In practice, that means almost every ballot measure put to the people will fail. It's a sweepingly anti-democratic idea, and that's just how the GOP wants it. This, by the way, from MSN.com and the author of the article. Let me grab that for you real quick. Oh, no relation, but his name is, uh, of all things, Max Burns. The uh, proposal's supporters counter that amendments can still pass statewide with a simple majority, provided they also win approval in five of Missouri's eight congressional districts. There's just one problem. Republicans recently redrew the state's congressional map, and they ensured five of their shamelessly gerrymandered districts were decidedly more Republican-leaning than the rest of the state. Republicans could have adjusted their extreme policies to better align with voters. Instead, they decided it was easier to make voters matter less. In an ironic twist, each of these attacks on direct democracy must be voted on by the very people whose voices Republicans hope to silence. Demoralizing red state Democrats will be a critical part of the GOP playbook. After all, demoralized people don't vote. I wonder if that's true. Now, this guy is obviously taking a more left-leaning uh, approach to what it is he's talking about here as far as how we put things on the Missouri Constitution in the form of amendments. And I think, again, folks, we have to be very careful how we do this. In a lot of instances, I think legislation makes sense and not necessarily making things amendments to the Missouri State Constitution. And the reason is, is I think when we go back and re we review some of these things. Most, I'll, I'll tell you right now, um, and, and I think this obviously works on both sides. Some people are easily influenced. They hear an ad, uh, they hear a snippet, they get a bit uh, of, of information on uh, on a particular piece of legislation or something that they would like to make into an amendment and add to the Missouri State Constitution, and they're easily influenced. Amendment three is a perfect example of that. And why do we continue to talk about it? Because it stands out like a sore thumb in the fact that a lot of people don't understand what it is they're voting for, and uh, they're either told by someone how to vote or they, uh, they, they see, as I said, uh, an ad on TV or they hear an ad on the radio and they automatically think, uh, hey, this is a great idea, this is a great issue, and they don't bother to do the necessary research. And that's where 
voters, I think, are like lambs led to slaughter. Because if you don't do the research and you don't understand what it is that people are talking about, well, it's, uh, I don't know if it's easy, if it's difficult uh, for some people. And, and you see those people sometimes when you go to your polling place. They're sitting there and they're stewing over uh, something on the ballot. Maybe you walk in, you've done your research, you know exactly how you're going to vote, who you're going to vote for, what issues, and how you're going to vote on those issues. And then somebody is still sitting there from the time you've walked in, received your ballot, sat down, filled it out, uh, put it in the little machine, going back to the days of hand counting. Some people don't think that would be a bad idea. And then you leave, and that person's still sitting there going, hmm, how do I vote? Hmm, what do I do? And they're almost like looking around the room, hope, hoping that someone will come over there and, and help them or prompt them. <laughs> it says here, Missourians and the rest of us must serve as our own last line of defense against creeping Republican authoritarianism. There's a reason Republicans fear the ballot box more than any other pillar of democracy. It's one of the few places Americans are still empowered to reject their corrosive ideas. And if that's the case, we can also bring to the table the fact that uh, the ballot box is not always as safe as it used to be. As we have found out in the past, these little things called election fraud, uh, they do exist. And whether you think they do or not, well, I don't think it makes any difference. And you can get into any level of this that you want, really, because voter fraud takes place all the time and has taken place for a a lot of years prior to the 2020 presidential election. How many times have you heard of dead people voting or dogs voting or, or, or what have you? People who aren't registered to vote apparently are voting. So there's a lot that has to be done to the system in order to streamline it. And certainly going back to uh, the possibility of hand-counting votes, as much as people hate to hear that, I wonder if that isn't something that, uh, again, needs to be considered. I know it's been talked about here in Camden County. In Deep Red, Arkansas and South Dakota, for instance, Voters have rejected GOP amendments that would have made initiatives harder in recent years by wide margins. And, and that's, I, I think it's, it's not so much about demoralized voters or, or demoralized people don't vote. I think there is a need to have a little bit more stringent process in place so that everything that rolls down the pike doesn't necessarily end up in the Constitution here in the state of Missouri. Because as is the case, there was a Republican that proposed legislation regarding the legalization of recreational marijuana, and it was just ignored. And so they put the amendment on the ballot last year, and people said, well, yeah, of course, it's recreational marijuana, but how many people actually understood it? Because there were a lot of groups, uh, Republicans, Democrats, heck, the NAACP rejected Amendment 3. So shouldn't that tell you something? And this guy is is harping on the fact that, you know, they're trying to eliminate uh, Democrat voters. I don't think so. I think people are wisely taking a look at this and saying, we can't just use the Missouri Constitution. We have to maybe more or less have smart pieces of legislation that are out there. 
that don't necessarily require an amendment. And people don't like it. People are like, well, you know, the process is pretty good now the way we do it and everything's fine. We don't want to mess with it. But I think at some point people are going to realize that Amendment 3 was a mistake just because it allowed the use of recreational marijuana and expungement of criminal records. There are a lot of other things on there, folks, that just don't make sense. You know, developing uh, an office, developing uh, something, uh, again, that more than likely is an office where voters won't have any say in the matter. This uh, particular office springs up, and uh, they decide to uh, take different twists and turns with the way things are being handled. And then you have absolutely no say in it whatsoever. And that's the part that I think a lot of people aren't paying attention to. They can make amendments that seem on the surface to be favorable, but it's the devil in the details that you really have to watch for. And most people don't do the research, so they don't know. 856 story here that uh, there's a woman facing a $5,000 utility bill. $5,000 utility bill. Wow. A Springfield, Missouri family is left in the dark after being hit with a $5,000 utility bill. Elizabeth Nelms said after missing a payment, the late fees tacked on were more than her actual utility bill. I realized, hey, we're really high. We need to get this down. And then we got a disconnect in the mail. And when I tried to call them to work something out, they wouldn't work everything out with me because I was late one time. Jeffrey Scott said Green County said Nelms could have qualified for the emergency rental assistance program if it were still being funded. Family needs help the help after KC mom dies on a dream vacation in Africa. The program was always designed to be a temporary measure to take care of those families that were working paycheck to paycheck until they could get reestablished. Now, again, see a lot of these programs, you hear the good intentions in what I just read. This program was always designed to be a temporary measure to take care of those families that were working paycheck to paycheck until they could get reestablished. The rental assistance program was established during the pandemic to help aid those who might have missed a rent or utility payment. Again, we're just giving people an opportunity to say, you know what, I didn't work, so I'm not really going to worry about taking care of my bills. Even though, you know, you want the electricity, you have to pay the bill. And there are a lot of other organizations, I'm sure in this uh, particular area of Springfield, that would uh, maybe have stepped up and helped this lady out where she didn't have to worry about getting some sort of government assistance. Um, Nelms stays at home on disability while her husband works. She said each month those charges begin to add up. I'd pay my bill, and that just would uh, transfer over to the next. So it was just making the bill higher and higher, so I never could stay caught up, and I never could understand why. I don't feel, I don't like to feel helpless or ask people for money or anything or help. I'm just not that kind of person. Well, maybe it was worse if you were in trouble. I don't know how it has worked for you in the past, but I know uh, in in my day, uh, especially in uh, my days as a bachelor, I had uh, some issues uh, paying a couple of my bills. And so I worked with the utility company, and they were fine. I, I don't necessarily see why and where 
a utility company would uh, turn its back on a particular uh, person for one reason or another. I wonder if there aren't more things going on here that we don't know about or understand other than to say, well, you know, I couldn't pay my bill. So uh, they just racked up the charges and racked up the charges and racked up the charges, and it just $5,000. I would think at some point that you, you, you know, would more than likely get your bill uh, looked at, taken care of. There's some assistance that someone could offer this woman. But five a five thousand dollar electric bill for an individual. Um, certainly a very interesting situation. We'll see how uh, maybe this plays out, and if this woman can get some help, I would imagine at this point now that her uh, story is out there, maybe someone will step up and uh, see if they can't figure out a way to work with her to get things taken care of. But like a lot of things, people are just irresponsible. And I'm not saying this woman is irresponsible, but in a lot of cases, people just blow their bills off. Oh, I can't pay it this month. Well, if you can't pay it, at least call the utility company and explain the situation before. Content provided by the people. You know, I think sometimes we're always thinking to ourselves that, you know, maybe I can't pay the bill. Uh, but maybe there's somebody out there that will come to my rescue. Well, sometimes, folks, that's just not going to happen. You have to be the person that comes to your rescue and uh, and call up a local church or call up a, an organization that could possibly help you. Don't let it get away from you so bad that at this point you're sitting in the dark or you've got a bill that's $5,000. Uh, I don't know of of, of, of how maybe this all happened, but I certainly know that uh, maybe she should have done something a lot sooner rather than waiting till it got to this point. Nine o'clock on the uh, beautiful Midwest coast, nine o'clock on the Midwest coast. And we've got uh, professor Jim Paisley. He'll be in following this top of the hour break to talk more about Sudan and why we need to be paying close attention to it as he so often does. He is pretty much on the cutting edge of what goes down and how things happen. And we'll find out more about why we need to factor in Sudan into our daily lives when Professor Jim Paisley hits the airwaves. It is 9.01. Stacy Johnson is standing by with local news, courtesy of LakeExpo.com. Chris Schneider is standing by with a check of sports, courtesy of Lake TV. And you are listening to The Daily Show on Key Radio. Business. Government. Religion family issues, and more. Find it all right here on 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Wednesday, May 3rd. A man died while incarcerated at Miller County Jail Friday. The Sheriff's Office says 52-year-old Daniel James Alda Brumley was found dead by a jail employee in the morning hours of April 28th. Alda had been charged with possession of child pornography and failure to register as a sex offender. An autopsy is being conducted by the Boone County Medical Examiner and the Highway Patrol has taken over the investigation. 
Fire destroyed a lake home on the 49-mile marker Sunday evening. The fire started when a resident was burning leaves and the fire spread to a lake home. The home was destroyed and a neighboring home was damaged in the blaze. There were no injuries reported and no one was in the house at the time of the fire. Due to poor fire conditions, Lake Area Fire Districts are asking everyone to avoid outdoor burning until the later part of this week. And Spring Harbor Hop is here. This Saturday, starting at 9 in the morning, you can hop from the waterfront restaurants and marinas to build a poker hand and become eligible to win prizes. Players can start their hop and draw their first card at any of the 40-plus sponsoring restaurants and marinas along the lake's main channel, the Big Niagara and Gravois Arm. More information about the hop and rules can be found at funlake.com. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut, all this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Key Radio keeps you in the know. The Lake Area Chorale spring concert season begins soon. April 16th at Lake Ozark Christian Church, April 23rd at Kent Memorial Church in Sunrise Beach, April 30th at Our Savior's Lutheran in Camdenton, May 7th at First Baptist Church in Eldon, and May 13th at New Life Assembly of God in Barnett, all at 2 p.m. This message brought to you by Key Radio, KEYK 89.3 FM. Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. The Super Bowl champion Chiefs getting ready for their first mini camp of the year. It's the mandatory rookie mini camp as they will work in those seven new draft picks that they got in the NFL draft last week. They got five defensive players and two offensive players hoping they come through in a big way. Patrick Mahomes says he is still rehabbing that high ankle sprain that he suffered in the playoffs last year says he's working to get his mobility back. Major League Baseball, it's been a struggle so far this season for the Cardinals and the Royals. They're back at home. The Cardinals game two of a three-game series against the Angels today. The Royals game two of a three-game series at home against the Orioles today. High school baseball, local teams taken today off. As for college baseball, the Mizzou Tigers have a weekend series at home against Ole Miss. MSU will be on the road against to Murray State. Softball, the Mizzou Lady Tigers, they will be busy at home against Arkansas three-game series this weekend. The MSU Ladies have a series against Murray State coming up this weekend. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, including a cup of coffee with Will and Chris every day. They talk about everything that's going on at the lake. You can see it at 802, 102, and 802 every day on Lake TV. I'm Chris Schneider with your key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by our media partners at Lake TV. Winter, spring, summer, or fall, Lake TV's got it all, including five local talk shows to keep you informed and entertained. You can also see local high school football in the fall and basketball in the winter. Watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90 or absolutely free on Roku or Amazon Fire and always streaming live at MyLakeTV.com. And if you haven't liked Lake TV on Facebook, be sure you do that too. There is a saying that there is no free lunch, meaning there is a cost to everything. 
even when it appears to be free. Your free account on social media costs you invisible connections to companies trying to sell you stuff. So it is, even with Key Radio, because there are costs to bring you local programming, and we need your help to pay the bills. If you love our purpose, please donate. If you need to use advertising dollars, Key Radio can give you a promotional benefit of sponsorship underwriting. Key Radio features programs in every area of life, politics, business, family, entertainment, education, faith, and media. In Christian circles, we refer to this as the Seven Mountains. We don't relegate any of these subjects to once a week, and we seek content rooted in truth more than opinion. If you have a message to get across, contact Bill M. at OrionCenter.org to talk about how Key Radio can help. Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received. history, religion, entertainment, and much more on 89.3 The Key. Welcome back. It's 909, and you have found yourself in the midst of another edition of The Daily Show. I'm so glad that you could make it. And, of course, you can see him on camera, the one and only true history professor, Professor Jim Paisley, is here. We'll talk with him about uh, Sudan here shortly and find out just exactly why we're talking about Sudan. Because, uh, you know, he comes in here, and he brings us all these random topics. I mean, it's just, I was going to say something to him about it. (laughs) But then I started noticing a little pattern, that as soon as he talks about things, oh, guess what? They pop up in the news. Strange. Artificial intelligence. I mean, I'm sick of hearing about it. Yeah. But it's something that we need to pay close attention to. And one of the reasons why 
is because, as usual, the federal government feels as though it's time to regulate artificial intelligence. You better be careful because, you know, I think artificial intelligence in a roundabout way is kind of like the Terminator, you know, when they became aware. And artificial intelligence, even though it's artificial, I, I, I'm, I'm guessing it could almost teach itself because it has sure. to in order to continue to keep up with what's going on. Right. And, you know, if it picks up on a group or organization that's trying to interfere with it, maybe it artificially determines uh, or comes up with a way to protect itself. Well, and, you know, it's going to go after the dumbest people first. That's why Washington's scared to death of it. Oh, <laughs> thanks for not using me as the example there. I appreciate that. How you been? I've been doing good. Yeah? Doing good. Now that the wind's died down a little, man, it's been windy here, you know? So, TNT. This, yes. This show that you've been working on with right. folks here at uh, uh, SRG Financial Advisors. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that before we get into uh, what it is we're going to talk about this morning. Okay, sure. Uh, <clears throat> my friend Bill Cass and I, we, you know, talk history a lot, and we got together and and kind of, you know, we always talked about how it tied back to money most of the, most of the cases in history, and so we have started a, a podcast called TNT Then Now and Tomorrow, and uh, basically it's on YouTube. Like I say, Then Now and Tomorrow. And uh, we're taking historical periods of time, about 10 years at a time, and we started uh, back in the 1700s, and we're basically doing a little history lesson, and then we're talking about how it ties to what's happening today, and then what might mean in the future. And, uh, you know, as a tease, we've talked about the first millionaires and how they made their money uh, all the way back in the 1700s, you know, people like John Jacob Astor, and then uh, jumped ahead, and we got into a group called the Robert Barons, and we talked about uh, uh, Carnegie and Vanderbilt and that whole crew and administrative state, uh, progressivism. So, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's a series that we're working on, and uh, we've got three of them out there on YouTube right now and, and just recorded another three or four, and so we have a studio set up up here and so yeah it's kind of a fun little project they've got a uh, a couple of studios they've got the radio studio upstairs they've got the tv studio downstairs and uh, there's a lot that uh, they do to kind of get the word out about what's going on and how finances uh you know done right mm-hmm. can make you a, a happy camper yeah yeah i thought it was interesting that john jacob astor made his money in furs and he said man this is this is rough out here. There's things out here that can eat you. And when he made all of his money, he went back and he invested in real estate and he bought Manhattan. <laughs> that's right. He bought Manhattan. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. That uh, is what comes to mind when you said that. Let's talk a little bit about our, our, our topic here this morning. And Sudan, of all things, of all places, of everything that's going on, how in the world did you come up with this topic? Well, you know, I know, but I'm just, you, you know, know it, it's interesting. Uh, they talked about uh, the fact that you've got these these generals that are fighting one another, and you know, in Africa of all places. And I thought, well, that's nothing new, you know. And then, uh, you know, a couple of different news articles in in the European news. They're following it pretty closely. They started tracking this whole thing in Sudan, 
And I thought, let's let's dig into that a little bit. Let's find out where in the heck this place is, even you know. And and that that in itself is kind of interesting in that it it at one time was a, a British province and it gained its independence back in 1956. Mm-hmm. But it uh, it's just to the it's in Africa, but it's it's at the headwaters of the Nile River, so it's south of uh, of Egypt. And there's really nothing there. You know, it's it's about like Egypt. It's got, you know, some cropland down in the bottoms, you know, around the Nile. But the rest of it is desert and pretty miserable place to live. And so you think, why is everybody fighting over this? And so I thought it'd be kind of interesting to get into it. And, and as you know, uh, it was just a week ago that we had to evacuate a bunch of our mm-hmm. uh, politicians, out or our, our, our diplomats out of there. And we got them out, but they said there's upwards of 10,000 people that have ties to America that are there. And I'm thinking, again, what? Why? You know, and, and just this morning, you know, again, I think they listened to your show, KB, because I was watching the national news. And they said there's 100,000 people fleeing the country. 100,000 of them. And it, this isn't the kind of place where you can just hop on a plane or hop on a, a bus and get out of there. I mean, most of them are hoofing it. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to get either to the port there at Sudan or they're trying to get up into Egypt, you know, to try and make their way out. So, you know, as the, as the story develops, it, like you said, KB, it, it, I think they listen to your show because all next week that's going to be a big deal. You're going to see it, you know. And it's so funny because you'll see here there's there's a tie to some of the things we've talked about before, all right? Now, <clears throat> here's the deal. Uh, like, basically, what, what we saw is, like everywhere else in the world, at one time we thought we could go in there and help these people create a, a democracy, which, you know, that in itself, you scratch your head and think, really? You know, these people have been fighting each other and, you know, it, it's just it, for thousands of years, and then we're going to go in and fix it, right? When it's inevitably how you know how it works out. Now, bear in mind, we've tried that in places like Egypt and Libya, Tunisia, Algeria, all of them failed. And it's really unclear why anybody thought that Sudan was going to be a better candidate for this. I mean, they're just like all the rest of the of the uh, Middle Eastern countries. They're they're a Muslim nation. I mean, bottom line is they just don't have much interest in becoming a democracy, all right? Now, here's the thing. They gained their independence from the British in 1956, all right? And since then, they've had 17 coups. 17 different times, the military has risen up and overthrown the guy that was in charge, all right? 17 since 56 right so it's not a very stable country and for us to think we're going to go in and here sign this paper and you'll have democracy i just you know they're they're amazed that it that you know it keeps blowing up in their face right right now they've had two civil wars the last one in it was in darfur and uh hundreds of thousands of people died okay now, here's the thing. In 2011, the country actually split in half. There's a regular Sudan, and then there's South Sudan. Well, when South Sudan split off from Sudan, where the conflict is right now, they lost 75% of its oil reserves. Now, that, you know, that was the main amount of money that they had coming in at the time, was the oil. And they lost it. So Sudan that was left is a pretty miserable place. 
And they owed, you know, a lot of countries a lot of money. They have inflation going through the roof. The population is as mad as all get out with these dictators they've had in charge. And so, you know, it's just basically sitting there waiting to explode, and that's what we're seeing today. All right? Now, <clears throat> in addition to that, because they are a Muslim nation and they've had all these problems, we've been putting sanctions on them, the United States. And doing that, as we put these sanctions on these guys, what happened is eventually the the one dictator they had for about 20 years, his name was uh, uh, Bashir, mm-hmm. he, uh, he basically wound up being overthrown by the military. Now, when he was overthrown, what you're left with is the military is going to decide what that country is going to be. And unfortunately for the people of Sudan, the two major generals in the military have split on what they think, who they think should be in charge. Okay, so think of it as like, uh, uh, let's say uh, Patton and Schwarzkopf. You know, they're which one do you want leading the country? All right, and trust me, neither one of them really gives that much of a damn about the the people themselves. Right. All right. So, bottom line is, like I say, we, we got involved in this thing because we wanted to, you know, promote democracy. Well, that's out the windows now, all right? Now, here's the thing. You sit there and you look at this and you're thinking, who cares? It's, it's sand. It's, it's in the middle of nowhere. They don't have oil anymore. Right. Well, as I got to digging, guess what happened? Found out they've got gold. Sudan has the richest deposit of gold of any African nation. Yes. So now you got to ask yourself, these two generals that want to be in charge, are they want to be in charge to take care of the people, or do they want to be in charge so they might be able to get to the goal? I was just sitting here thinking, you know, you talk about 17 times. Yeah. 17 different leaders, coups, right. all of this. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that four-letter word, G-O-L-D. Right, right. And and most of the people are uh, living a miserable existence. They're basically slaves working in the mines, you know, to excavate this gold. Well, of course, you know, somebody's going to want to be in charge of that, and somebody's going to want to skim off the top. Well, here they come, right? Now, what I thought was interesting, what happened is, is this gold rush across Sudan has empowered a lot of these jihadists and attracted the attention of outsiders. And guess who one of the outsiders is that's interested? Our old friend, the chef. The chef, the guy from the Wagner Group right. at Russia. Now, bear in mind, this guy set up this mercenary army, you know, that's out there fighting in Ukraine. And now he's sending guys down there, you know, to, you know, get his foot in the door to try and get at this gold as well. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So, you know, the stories have a tendency to kind of tie together. And, you know, if ever there was a story that says, follow the money, here it is. Right. And so now you're sitting there with all these players looking at who's going to take control of this country with all this gold. Now. Even as it as uh, you know, the chef showed up with his convict armies, you know, who are out there storming Ukrainian positions. Now, all of a sudden, Wagner's mercenaries are selling security services across Africa's gold belt. There's a lot of people that are mining the gold, and they need security. So the chef was more than happy to provide that. I mean, for a, a nominal fee, I'm sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. 
not only have we seen Russia involved looking at this gold, but China and other Gulf states are looking at it as well. Now, like I say, you know, to look at that country, you'd think, my God, they don't have anything. It's a third world nation. But like I say, they have the, the, the strongest or the biggest deposit of gold of any of the African nations. Right on. So like I say, you won't hear that on the national news. You know, you're going to hear the same line about, oh, well, it's a shame we want democracy for the people and all that. No. Bear in mind, there's a lot of gold right there. <laughs> so, gold in them Nar Hills. There's gold in them Nar Hills, right? Now, the Biden administration is yet to grasp just how far and, and how fast its position is weakened across the Middle East. I mean, you know, for us to go in there, I mean, the smart thing for him to do was to get the hell out of there like he did, you know, because we're clueless. And, and you know, to jump into Sudan right now, what a nightmare that'd be, because you're not just going to be messing with these two generals. You're going to be messing with people like the Russians, the Chinese, uh, other Middle East nations. Uh, a lot of the gold in that country is funding like the, the fight uh, between Yemen and Saudi Arabia. So there's a lot to it. And uh, let's face it, lately we haven't been the, the sharpest you know, player here when it comes to getting involved in these sort of things. Mm -hmm. You know, many's a day I, I think, boy, I wish I could sit down with some of those clowns in Washington and say, well, back up. You know, are you aware there's gold there? <laughs> you know? I mean, you almost got to wonder if they even have a clue. You know, it, when some of the things they do, I just think, oh, my God, you're stepping in it again. You know, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's fun. Don't you know? make it easy on yourself. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, it's just you sit there and think, good grief. You know, and again, it's history, folks. All you got to do, you know, this place since since 59's had 17 coups, you know, somebody needs to ask why. What you know, why does why is that happening? Why are people after this? You know, and once you ask that question and go do a little digging, a little critical thinking, you can figure it out pretty quick. But the problem is, is, is like you and I have talked about, KB, they don't, nobody wants to share the information with you. You watch the national news and Sudan gets, gets maybe, what, a minute, if that. It just barely shows up on the, on the news. Instead, we're all worried about woke society and all these other things. You know, so we're, we're just kind of clueless when it went you know as citizens and their feet keeping us in the dark intentionally you know which which bothers the heck out of me that's why i enjoy doing this show so much now let's talk a little bit of, just some answer some basic questions about this all right so we've got this fighting has erupted in the sudanese sudanese capital car, called khartoum all right and it's also happening elsewhere in the country, but the capital is the big struggle to try and capture it. And the clashes are between the regular army and a paramilitary force led by the other general called the Rapid Support Forces, the RSF, okay? But they're all military, all right? Now, where is Sudan? Again, Sudan is in the northeast corner of Africa. It's one of the largest countries on the continent, and it covers 1.2 million square miles. So it's, it's huge, but again, there's nothing there except gold and then oil that used to be in the southern part, or that is in the southern part. It borders on the Red Sea. Now, bear in mind, the Red Sea feeds the Suez Canal. 
So the port there at Sudan is very important. That's another thing to think about. If somebody was to capture that country and get that port, now, you know, you could put a military base there that would have a big influence on everything that's passing through the Suez Canal. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, to give you an idea how bad it is living there, it's one of the poorest countries in the world. It has 46 million people living on an average annual income of $750 wow. a year, all right? Now, you know, for you kids out there listening, I mean, I want you say to think again. about it. Uh, did you say $750 a year? A year. A year. And most of these people are working, like, in these gold mines, miserable existence. just Near-death uh, opportunities. Absolutely. So you kids out there, when you sit there and complain about, uh, oh, my God, the Internet's down today or, you know, or you know, whatever it might be. What do you mean? What do you mean they're out of, uh, you know, uh, uh, waffles at the store? You know, think about that. I mean, you've got 46 million people living in this African nation that make $750 a year. And that they aren't working a 40-hour week. I mean, that's every day from sunrise to sunset. They're toiling away out in a desert in some god-awful gold mine trying to scratch out a living. All right? Now, <clears throat> basically, the population is predominantly Muslim because of where it's at, you know, demographically. And its official languages are Arabic and English. Okay? Now, who's fighting? Again, we have two generals, all right? Now, the coup took place where these guys threw out al-Bashir. That was in 2021, just two years ago, all right? And these two generals, the first one is General Abdel Fattah al-Baran, okay? He's head of the armed forces. He's the, of the regular army. Now, his buddy, he, he, who was the number two general, he split off, all right? He's, he was his deputy, and he's leader of this RSF, okay? Now, his name is General Mohammed Habdan Dagalo, okay? So you're going to hear about uh, Baran and Dagalo are the two generals that are fighting each other. Now, like I say, bear in mind, uh, Dagalo took about half the military with him. So it would be like if if here in America you turned around and took our military and split it right down the middle. Mm -hmm. And that's why you're seeing, uh, you know, such devastation taking place there in the capital. I mean, these guys have access to tanks and jets and the whole nine yards. Okay, so, I mean, when you when you put two modern forces, relatively modern against one another, uh, the devastation. This isn't this isn't what you know, when you think Africa in a civil war, you're thinking guys throwing spears at each other and arrow, bows and arrows. No, this is. This is, you know, a 20th century type warfare, okay? So the devastation to the population has been horrendous, okay? Because they don't care. They could care less about collateral damage. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Then, you know, why did this fighting start? Like I say, the shooting began uh, basically this year in April uh, following days of tension as members of the RSF, the one military group, were redeployed around the country in a move that the army saw as a threat okay so the one general is saying oh my deputy has now got his group and he's trying to take control of the country now there had been some hopes that talks would resolve the situation but again you know you're kidding yourself if you think that's going to happen when you've got a country that's had 17 coups and you know what 40 years 
Now, <clears throat> basically, it's disputed as to who fired the first shot, but the fighting swiftly escalated to different parts of the country. And like I say, if you can capture the capital, you're in business. We'll jump in here and uh, take our final break of the program, our final bottom-of-the-hour break, and come back and talk some more with the true history professor himself, the one and only Professor Jim Paisley, talking about Sudan. We'll get into the uh, the real gist of this uh, conversation and uh, find out why we need to be paying attention to all of this. Gold, there's gold in them thar hills, and I can't believe... <laughs> that I actually make more than somebody else in another part of the world. Yes. <laughs> 9.30 on the Midwest Coast. We'll uh, jump in with our media partners, LakeExpo.com, Stacy Johnson with a check of local news, Chris Schneider and Lake TV with a check of sports. Back with more of The Daily Show after this on Key Radio. Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Wednesday, May 3rd. A man died while incarcerated at Miller County Jail Friday. The Sheriff's Office says 52-year-old Daniel James Alda Brumley was found dead by a jail employee in the morning hours of April 28th. Alta had been charged with possession of child pornography and failure to register as a sex offender. An autopsy is being conducted by the Boone County Medical Examiner, and the Highway Patrol has taken over the investigation. Fire destroyed a lake home on the 49-mile marker Sunday evening. The fire started when a resident was burning leaves, and the fire spread to a lake home. The home was destroyed, and a neighboring home was damaged in the blaze. There were no injuries reported, and no one was in the house at the time of the fire. Due to poor fire conditions, Lake Area Fire Districts are asking everyone to avoid outdoor burning until the later part of this week. And Spring Harbor Hop is here. This Saturday, starting at 9 in the morning, you can hop from the waterfront restaurants and marinas to build a poker hand and become eligible to win prizes. Players can start their hop and draw their first card at any of the 40-plus sponsoring restaurants and marinas along the lake's main channel, the Big Niagara and Gravois Arm. More information about the hop and rules can be found at funlake.com. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Key Radio needs business content, and we make broadcast time affordable. Instead of merely advertising, create an hour or half hour weekly radio show to inform potential customers about your products and services. Then post the podcast to your social media page to make it work for you. We are non-commercial, so no direct selling is allowed. But use your time to educate and inform. For a small extra cost, you can be an underwriter and have your messaging play all week long. Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. Happy hump day. The Super Bowl champion Chiefs getting ready for their first mini camp of the year. It's the mandatory rookie mini camp as they will work in those seven new draft picks that they got in the NFL draft last week. They got five defensive players and two offensive players hoping they come through in a big way. Patrick Mahomes says he is still rehabbing that high ankle sprain that he suffered in the playoffs.
playoffs last year, so he's working to get his mobility back. Major League Baseball, it's been a struggle so far this season for the Cardinals and the Royals. They're back at home. The Cardinals game two of a three-game series against the Angels today. The Royals game two of a three-game series at home against the Orioles today. High school baseball, local teams taken today off. As for college baseball, the Mizzou Tigers have a weekend series at home against Ole Miss. MSU will be on the road against uh, Murray State. Softball, the Mizzou Lady Tigers, they will be busy at home against Arkansas three-game series this weekend. The MSU ladies have a series against Murray State coming up this weekend. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, including a cup of coffee with Will and Chris every day. They talk about everything that's going on at the lake. You can see it at 802, 102, and 802 every day on Lake TV. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. The goal of Key Radio is to offer the community an opportunity to share information and to express their ideas and opinions. Key Radio presents a platform for all types of information. We encourage interested content providers to create podcasts that explain the finer points of business, family issues, arts and entertainment, religion, government, and more. Key Radio is also looking for unique and one-of-a-kind podcasts as well. Key Radio is based on positive and productive podcasts that encourage and inspire our listeners to become engaged in their community. For more information on becoming a content provider, call 573-280-0532 or go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio. You're listening to 89.3 The Key. I'm Bill Munhausen for Orion Center Expo. God could have created the entire cosmos supernaturally, but that's not every creationist's idea. Dr. Barry Setterfield suggests that God could have used the processes he invented to arrange created matter into the cosmos we see today. Both Big Bang and the Bible describe space as being stretched out from a single point, but the Big Bang depends on weak forces like gravity to form stars and galaxies. Setterfield proposes the power of plasma as a strong force to build the universe rapidly. Donald E. Scott's 2006 book, The Electric Sky, examines the possibility that the universe was formed via plasmas filaments instead of gravity. These new ideas about cosmology have sprung from a nearly universal dissatisfaction with the Big Bang. Evolutionists support Big Bang ideas because they're consistent with the billions of years needed for evolution, but there are other possibilities. You can learn more about plasma at setterfield.org. These 60-second messages are based on the book XPO by Bill Munhausen. Available in Amazon Books. Key Radio keeps you in the know as we make improvements to better serve you. Because many of you listen online, we've re-engineered our website. You get there on the web at keyradio.live or through our iPhone and Android apps, Key Radio, K-E-Y-K. From the app, click the WWW Globe symbol to see our full site. There you can listen to live radio or call KB during the daily show or see our schedule, and don't forget that beautiful donate button. Then there are menus. Click News Weather to get your daily dose of what's happening. You can also drill down in the key radio link to learn all about your favorite shows, make a donation, or sponsor a show. You can also read Bill's blog and follow the social media links, and notice how we highlight our sponsors on each page. It's all at your fingertips, whether you have a laptop, tablet, or a smartphone. 
It's all part of how Key Radio KEYK staff wants to serve you. Key Radio keeps you in the know. There's lots going on in the arts at Lake of the Ozarks. Visit artsatthelake.com and check out the event calendar. Woodworking, fiber arts, painting, photography, and more. Also, special events like the annual Student Art Quest. It's all presented to you by the Lake Arts Council. This message brought to you by Key Radio, KEYK, 89.3 FM. This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3, The Key. I welcome you back. 9.38 is our time. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. And I will tell you that uh, tomorrow, Mindy Sales will join me in hour number one, Danny Ellison in hour number two, Ike Skelton on Friday in hour one, Dave Moppin in hour two on the Friday show. I believe we'll also uh, get a chance next week to get Anne-Marie Bianchi back in here to talk more with her business spotlight. She has done such an incredible job, and my hat's off to her. If you see Anne-Marie, thank her for her dedication. This woman has got so many irons in the fire. Plus, and of course, she's got her life that she has to deal with. And the nice thing about that is that she uh, goes to great lengths to bring these businesses in and, and talk more about, uh, you know, where they've been, where they're at, how their faith has factored into uh, the business. And uh, she does an amazing job. And uh, we had on uh, Kendra Cordes uh, the last time from uh, the Funky Buffalo. And it was uh, a great interview. And I think what's uh, what's nice is uh, maybe you could reach out to Anne-Marie and talk to her about uh, being on uh, – her business spotlight program. We normally do that Tuesday mornings at eight o'clock. So I will have to make sure and check and see who she's uh, who she's got lined up. But uh, certainly a great program. And my thanks to everyone, including the gentleman sitting uh, to about my eleven o'clock, and that would be Professor Jim Paisley for coming back on a weekly basis and providing us with some great, great, great information. There's no doubt about that. Seventy-two, the high, forty-three, the low. And as of right now, in beautiful downtown Osage Beach, we are looking at 57 degrees, so we're well on our way of getting close to the high. I don't know if we'll hit it or not. Last couple of days, we were supposed to be in the mid to upper 60s, and I don't know, based on uh, the way it felt outdoors, whether or not we made it. Sudan is our topic. Our guest is uh, the True History Professor. And don't forget to check out his website, True History Professor. Com. Let's turn it back over to the capable, competent hands of <laughs> Professor Jim Paisley. Well, here we go. As we Where we left it off, we've got these two generals fighting each other for control of the country. Now, <clears throat> what's unfortunate is the civilians are caught up in the middle of this, just kind of like what we're seeing in Ukraine as well. All right. And nobody wants to claim who fired the first shot, but very quickly it escalated. Um, and over 400 civilians died in that very first week that the fighting took place. Now, bear in mind, you're, you're fighting in, 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 in these basically huge cities with, with millions of people. And when you start strafing these things with uh, bombers and jets and uh, modern equipment, I mean, there's going to be casualties. Now, even though the conflict appears to be around the control of the, the capital, Khartoum, 
much of it has been happening also in other urban areas. And basically, like I say, the civilians are the innocent bystander. Now, it's not really clear where the RSF, this other rival group, has their bases, but it seems that their fighters moved primarily into populated areas. It's easier to hide, okay? Now, the Sudanese Air Force is a force to reckon with, and that's, you know, that's something you got to think about as well. In Ukraine, Ukraine doesn't really have an air force that they can do much with, but boy... Uh, you know, the Sudanese military has an air force, and they're deploying it. Was it uh, Gehring that said, if you control the skies, you uh, control the battle or control the war? Or control, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, that's uh, that's a great point, you know, in that uh, when the Blitz took place and the Germans came in and bombed the living daylights out of, out of London, uh, it was the Royal Air Force that that rose to the cause and knocked most of those bombers out, and, and they basically the Germans have, had to give up control the airspace over england so mm-hmm. it's key so if you have air assets <clears throat> you've got a big advantage and that's what we're seeing right now now like i say khartoum is a city with six million people all right wow yeah so making 750 bucks uh, uh, on uh, average a, a year, a year. Yes. Wow. What a lovely place, right? Yeah, yeah you can imagine. And, it, gosh, for any of you that haven't traveled, uh, you know, outside of the country, uh, it's, a, it's a real education just in itself when you start looking at, you know, clean water is an issue. Uh, sanitation is an issue. Uh, transportation is an issue. And, and it, it doesn't even have to be a third world country. It's, you know, just travel to Europe. It's a lot different than it is here. We have so many advantages, you know. And so when you see something like this happen, you know, a city of six million people that will find themselves being bombed simply because they're, they're there, I mean, it, it really is a shame. And, you know, think of, think of this, KB. It would be like, if the U.S. Air Force opened up on Kansas City or St. Louis, mm-hmm. okay, trying to trying to get you know one group out of there, I mean the devastation would be horrendous. You know, not to mention the fact that, you know, how would you like to be in, in a situation where your emergency services in those towns? You know, I, I mean when you when you're in a uh, under fire like that, it's not like the fire department's going to just run right out there and put your fire out. And so it is, it's a terrible, terrible situation for the people there. Now, these rapid support forces, this is that deputy general I was telling you about that split off. It was formed in 2013, and I thought this was interesting. I didn't have time to do any more research on it, but their origins have their origins in the militia known as the Janjaweed. Yes. Now, I don't know, Janjaweed or Ganjaweed? <laughs> You know, I don't know. You know, I didn't, like I said, I didn't have enough time. Right. But uh, basically, these guys are the ones that were involved in the Civil War in Darfur. And, and like I say, they were brutal. They they literally massacred, you know, tens of thousands of people. All right. Now, <clears throat> since then, you know, and they've been accused of ethnic cleansing. <clears throat> so you got to wonder if the, if the people want them to win this conflict. Now, since then, uh, General de Gallo, the, their leader, has built a powerful force that's intervened in conflicts in places like Lemon, or Yemen and Libya as well. 
He's also developed economic interests, including controlling some of the gold mines. Okay, so, you know, those are the kind of little hints you get in most of the articles, you know, and that's what got me digging a little bit more about this gold thing. Because every now and again, they'll say, oh, yeah, and and they're also kind of interested in the gold. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, okay. Kind of. Kind of, yeah. You know, it's a side note. But like I say, they're all, all running on this thing of being able to do what's best for the people. Right. Well, what's best for the people is not to be bombing a city of six million people. Not really. Right? You know. So basically, such a strong force outside the army has been seen as a huge source of instability, and needless to say. Now, <clears throat> this fighting is the latest episode in bouts of tension that, that followed the 2019 ousting of this former president, a guy by the name of Omar al-Bashir. And he came to power in a coup himself in 89. Okay, so... Again, he's just part of the ongoing process that takes place here. Now, there were huge street protests calling for an end to his nearly 30 years uh, of rule, basically, as a dictator. Mm -hmm. Okay, So, basically, the army, seeing the people rising up trying to get rid of this guy, they turn around and overthrew him. All right? But as soon as they overthrew him, this deputy general said, well, I don't think you guys should be in charge. I think I should be in charge. And there's where we're at today, okay? Now, <clears throat> a joint military-civilian government supposedly exists, all right? But, again, it was, even it was overthrown in October of 21. Right. So, I mean, it's, it, it's just the guy, that's a, the, it's the guy that has the gun is, is going to win this thing. A guy that's got the biggest gun is going to win. And then you're going to have to worry about what backfills in and that's usually the biggest problem. Mm -hmm. When some when a military coup takes place, they, it creates something of a vacuum as to what are you going what are we going to have as a leader there now, you know? And this has been a problem for a thousand years. You watch, you know. I'm not so much worried about who's going to win it, but what you're going to wind up after one of them wins it. What kind of government are they going to set up? Based on your research, based on what you've been uh, been looking into. Uh, stability-wise, who seems to be the best group? Or as far as I say the best group, um, who seems to be the faction that would be most beneficial as far as that country is concerned? Probably <clears throat> the existing military forces, not the RSF. Right. Uh, and the re reason why I say that is the RSF has already shown uh, the br brutality that they're willing to to go to to right. take control right. during that civil war uh, uh, that group got tagged by the uh, uh, what is it the international tribunal and brought up on on criminal charges mm -hmm. but you know what are you going to do but you know, yeah. no no right what are you going to do yeah and Bashir himself wound up being uh, he was behind a lot of that you know a little ethnic cleansing well, going on and they got him uh, in the international criminal court. Uh, but he's not uh, not left the country. In fact, uh, the military itself, I had to do a little digging on him to find out where he's at. They've got him locked up in a jail. I, I think that finger-wagging in a lot of instances does no good because these people are so arrogant. These, these, these people that are doing what they're doing, they could care less about what anyone on the outside says. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not until... 
somebody shows up, whether it would be, I don't know, the United Nations mm -hmm. or, or somebody starts rolling in with troops and, and something that could very well uh, assist the group that's in power or whomever they're trying to support. Mm -hmm. Well, and like I say, those the articles I found that were dealing with uh, people like the chef from Russia and China and these things, there's where my concern is, is that these two military groups are going to pound the living daylights out of each other to where there's, you know, nothing left hardly. One of them will win, but they're not going to be strong enough to hold off something like a, a Wagner group coming in or the Chinese coming in. Uh, I mean, the Chinese, as we know, have been doing a lot of expanding uh, with infrastructure and investments in Africa. Wouldn't this again be a, 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 another good opportunity for the Chinese to slip in and prop these people up or whoever they'd like to support and then uh, just kind of uh, take over after that? We'll help you. Right. But here's our terms. Here's our conditions. Exactly. Exactly. In other words, I'll let you. You can be the leader. Yeah. Right? But... Bear in mind, Sudan has a big port there on the Red Sea. Wouldn't China love to have a military base on the Red Sea with all the ships, all the oil, everything passing right by that port headed to the Suez Canal and Russia as well? So, you know, when you, when you watch these kind of fights taking place, it's not so much the active players now as, is where it's headed. And that, that's my greatest concern. And it's the kind of thing that usually gets us drawn into these conflicts. Because I think if, if Russia or China made an open move like you're saying, mm -hmm. your insight's right on target, uh, to try and support one of these groups, then all of a sudden, you know, what do we do? Do we let them take it? What a perfect opportunity for the Chinese to set up a blockade anytime they want sure. around the Suez Canal. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, like I say, China has already, you know, uh, they've got that uh, program of theirs where they're building infrastructure worldwide. And they've already gone into a lot of these countries that have excellent ports. And they said, we'll come in and we'll completely rebuild it for you. We'll give you all the latest technology, all the latest, you know, uh, we'll redo the entire harbor with all the cranes and all the necessary equipment and everything you do need to, to move, uh, you know, whatever products you have. But then the catch is, is they control it, you know. And so, like I say, if China or Russia was to make a move to try and get that port, I think then the rest of the world's going to have to sit up and look at it because of all the products that come through there. Is it, well... What kind of a what kind of uh, a situation would the United States try and counter with? I mean, I know we have allies in that that region, Egypt mm -hmm. and, and some others, but mm -hmm. well, and and here's another thing to think about: if you jump into a place like Sudan, who who picks which, who's on whose side? Mm -hmm. You know, because like I say, you've got Egypt right next door there. Where is Egypt going to go on this on this conflict? Would they side with the U.S. or would they side with somebody like China that wants to come in and, and build up a you know a, a presence in that in that area or with Russia? And so you know you'd have to look at where the alliances would fall to. Where's Saudi Arabia, Iran, Iraq, all of Jordan? Where do they all fit into this thing? And so right now it's it's a powder keg that we're not paying any attention to. You know, other than to just pull our diplomats out. And you've got to sit back and think, where is this headed? 
you know. So I encourage our listeners to pay attention. If if something pops up on the news about this, you know, with what I've been able to tell you today, pay close attention because it's not so much who's going to win that fight between those two generals is uh, who's helping them. Because like I say, your insight's dead on, KB. And then what happens afterwards when the smoke clears and those two military groups have beat the living daylights out of one another and they've weakened themselves. And I, this throughout history, we've seen that happen. You, you let a civil war break out and let people beat each other to death and then somebody swoops in and takes the country. It, it, it's classic. You know, why get involved in the middle of the civil war? No, just let them beat the daylights yes. out of each other and you exhaust know. their... Uh their, their their supplies, their reserves, whatever they right. need in order to make this thing happen, and, and it's easy peasy. And they're sitting there watching this. Don't don't kid yourself. We're not paying any attention, but you know that Russia and China are, and Saudi Arabia, Egypt. They're all watching it. But here, we just have a tendency to think, well, you know, we're more concerned about it, whether it's the year or they, or, you know, who's advertising Bud Light or something like that. So it's, I know. I know, and, it, and I get so frustrated with it. You know, now, like I say, there is a joint military-civilian uh, government that's been established. But, again, the guys that are, are involved in the, in the civilian part of the government, right now they're doing whatever the military tells them to. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> you don't want to cross those guys. Guys that got tanks and jets, you just, you know, whatever you think, buddy. You know, yeah. I'm with you, right? Now, basically, General DeGallo, the guy in charge of the RSF, he said in a series of tweets that General Baran's government uh, are radical Islamists and that he and the RSF are fighting for the people of Sudan to ensure the democratic process. That's a crock. Okay, like I say, this guy's killed hundreds of thousands of people. So, you know, and, and you know, it, I guess it's his, his form of democracy. You know, it basically put a sword on your head and say... Uh, are you with me or against me kind of mm-hmm. thing. And that's that's what we're seeing happen, okay? Now, <clears throat> General Baran, he, he, he basically said he supports the idea of returning to civilian rule, but that he will only hand over the power to an elected government, all right? Well, here again, if the military is in charge and you hold an election, how how fair is that election going to be? You know, if you've got guys standing there with AK-47 saying, uh, vote wisely, you know. I think in uh, a few years we might uh, we might get to experience that or something. We might. We might. You know, it is. Uh, it is. It's fascinating. So many of these countries, uh, you know, we talk about the, the abuses of the election process here. Again, uh, look around the rest of the world. I mean, it's most of these elections are just a joke. It's just a matter of of, you know, going through the process so that they can tell the international court, oh, yeah, it was it was fair and square, you know, and this is what Hitler did. You know, Hitler used his SA troops to uh, stand at the polls and people voted for him. You know, it, it, that's the a fascinating thing about it is Hitler didn't take power at the end of a barrel of gun. He just simply got voted in. I wonder, though, you know, you go into your polling place, and you go into the voting booth, and there's somebody standing in there with you. And you're mm-hmm. like, hey, you're not supposed to be in here with me. Uh, they say, well, <clears throat> yeah, I am, and uh, you need to check this box and this box and this box and this box. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, well, <clears throat> you may uh, not walk out of here. You might be carried off in a stretcher. Yeah, or better yet, 
they, they're standing outside and they say, hi, KB, how you doing? I know where you work. Mm-hmm. I know where you live. Right. I know who your friends are. Right. And, you know, if things go south on this election and, and our people don't win, uh-huh. we may have to come pay you a visit. You know, and there's no place to run and hide. And so, you know, the intimidation factor in a lot of these elections, uh, people are going to the polls voluntarily, but they know damn good and well that they'd better vote for the right person. Otherwise, there's going to be consequences. Now, what's interesting is the United States and the, the United Kingdom and the EU, they're looking at this, but they're taking a hands off approach right now. Because they've already got the problems with Ukraine. And they know that if they get involved in this, now you're, you're, you're literally at risk of triggering a situation with either China or Russia as well. So again, like I say, folks, don't get sucked into this, you know, uh, just talking heads on the national news who just say, oh, another 50,000 people died in, in Khartoum today. And then they switch it immediately to, you know, what flavor ice cream the president ate for lunch, you know. So, I mean, the big thing is, is, is again, look at who the players are and think about where this place is. And that port is key, absolutely key. And you want to talk about an impact on your gas prices? Let somebody like China or Russia get a hold of that, mm-hmm. where all of our oil is going through there. You know, and, and that was another thing. It's just last week. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, Iran captured an, one, another oil tanker. Mm-hmm. Have you heard anything more about that? No. Where'd it go? What are they doing with it? Same it's not like that, you can uh, just tie that to your dock, dude. That Malaysian <laughs> plane ended up. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's something to think about. And and like I say, that's why I like doing the show so much is to I can put something in front of you and let let the people think about it. I hope that they do. I really do. I mean, folks, we give you every opportunity, or the professor does, to, uh, to do some research, to look into these things, I would highly recommend that you do. And I would highly recommend that you join us again coming up next Wednesday at 910. And uh, look for the good professor. He's headed over to uh, Lake TV to shoot yeah, a segment. Well, I'm going to do a segment for them. It'll be on this weekend uh, on YouTube and on Lake TV uh, about the Civil War in Missouri. Ought to be fun. Very good feature. And I think, uh, again, folks, you are going to uh, learn a lot. We will be back in your ears tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Mindy Sales, Danny Ellison, and you. And we thank you for joining us. Enjoy this.